Hi, I'm Lucy from Belrig FM and this is an interview from the 4th of September with the Student Union's VP Union Development Atri Gosh, talking about the temporary closure of the campus supermarket Central, which lasted between the 1st and 13th of September. In this interview, Atri will tell us the reasons behind the store temporarily shutting down and what this might mean for the future. So you're here today to talk about the temporary closure of Central, the supermarket at Lancaster University. So just for any students who might be listening that are perhaps new students about to come onto campus, what is Central and how does it relate to student life at Lancaster? Central is basically the convenience store on campus. Generally, there's a there's probably one more offering that's that spa, which is located close to the middle of campus around Alexander Square. But Central is located between Grisdall and Pendle and being convenience store, it's you know, the ability gives students the ability to kind of quickly pick up something after their lectures or when it's late at night and it's, you know, it's not easiest to pop into into the centre of the city. Um, it's just a service that kind of helps students pick up something when they really need to. So it says on the Students' Union website that um, the Students' Union had open discussions with the university about possibly reducing the rent for Central. So why was this and uh, what did the Students' Union do to try and start the discussions? So with the rent issue of, of Central, the, the way we've entered into it a few years ago, there was basically a development of a not necessarily legal contract, but kind of a terms of understanding or a memorandum of understanding, as, as we call it in this case. And uh, the previous CEO, along with the trustee board, I'm sure, and the, the full time offices of whenever this, this understanding originally took place, uh, you know, came up with the university's number of rent and basically agreed to it given, you know, I'm sure they've done the complete business case at the time of, you know, given the rent amount that we have now, if they can still make money off it and, you know, provide students a fair service and things like that. Since then, uh, a lot has changed, especially with the with the COVID pandemic. Uh, you know, campus, obviously, in recent years, I'd say, because of the overbearing kind of academic side happening in the middle of campus and you know southwest campus not having any of the academic activities and things like that and even more so like I've mentioned obviously with the pandemic central is currently losing money and um, without you know cutting any of the costs we obviously didn't want to you know lose student staff jobs or or make any redundancies on that front uh, because obviously it's very important important opportunity on that side Uh, so we went back to the university and obviously as an FTO team after direction from the trustee board where we understood how much of a problem that high rent amount was we decided to write an open letter to the vice chancellor and that's that was basically our way of, of starting communications as a full-time office team uh, unfortunately that wasn't the first time we actually had conversations with them because before uh, trustee board you know directed us or, or requested us to go uh, take up the action of writing that open letter uh, full-time members of staff from the students union had already had conversation with the with the university as well about potentially not getting to that stage of you know t- showing students what what the details of that entire conversation are and trying to reach an agreement behind the scenes almost uh, but unfortunately the university didn't agree to any of the the calls made by the full-time staff as well so which is why we got to the stage of the open letter so uh, when you sent the open letter what sort of response did you get from the university um, so initially, obviously, the, the open letter was directed to the vice chancellor, and um, for a couple of days there was complete radio silence. But that was that was expected, obviously, for the university to kind of come back on the issue. Going back to them, we initially, from you know, passing informal conversations between uh, the SU president Oliver 
And the Vice-Chancellor, there was almost a notion that um, if we were essentially pushing out an open door and that we, if we were genuinely losing money on Central uh, without a rent reduction, that it would be as pushing on an open door and that the university should be okay with the rent reduction to make, make sure that we kept it open. Unfortunately, like the, the email that we published to students as well as part of our, our press release on the website, uh, Andrew Burgess, uh, the head of estates of the university, responded to the open letter and essentially detailed how they were categorically uh, rejecting the request for rent reduction. And that's essentially been the entire response so far. Regarding this email from the head of estates published on Lucy's website, it says that the university's relationship with the Students' Union is via a Memorandum of Understanding, which expired on the 31st of July. You also mentioned this a little bit earlier on. So could you just explain a little bit about what this memorandum is and what it means now it's expired? And do you think this might have had an impact on the university's decision not to lower the rent? Um, so the, the way the Memorandum of Understanding works, or rather what the document is, without getting complicated and without, you know, explaining it more than my expertise as well. Uh, it's less valid or less strong of a document as a, as a legal contract or a contract of lease, uh, but it's more, as the name says, an understanding between the, the parties involved in, in that transaction and in that relationship. So it's a, it's a document that explains the, the clauses that we have in this understanding between the Students' Union and the University on the issues of, of Central and other LUSU services as well. Uh, so it basically marks out everything that we could do with Central, what rent we pay on it, and every numbers and factors and stuff that goes into that decision. Uh, on the front of the fact that it did, yeah, it did expire as the as the university outlined in the email on the 31st of July, and since then we did think, you know, that might have a possibly positive impact on the rent that they'd come back and say, oh, since this understanding has lapsed, we go into a new understanding of some sorts or a new contract, and that might lead to a rent reduction. That's what we are hoping for. But clearly that email as well stated how they weren't planning on, on reducing that. And I'm not entirely sure if the understanding expiring at this point had had anything to do with them deciding not to reduce the, the rent amount or not, but I'm not entirely sure on that front. So do you think this memorandum of understanding will be renewed? So what um, in the same email and I think in subsequent conversations as well, what the university has come back to do is, like I mentioned, memorandum of understanding almost sometimes has less bearing under legal circumstances. So what the university has now suggested uh, to quote unquote to a certain extent protect both parties, that is the university and the students union, to move to a more formal agreement. So have a, a full-fledged contract uh, for the lease and you know look into if we were to you know extend with central and continue, we would have a formal lease. However, uh, without that contract, it doesn't mean that we are you know, immediately kicked out of the premises uh, of Central. We can still continue to operate there because of that uh, previous understanding that we've had with them. So in the email published, it also stated a couple of times that the uh, Students' Union is independent and the trustees have the power to cease trading. Um, so how come the Students' Union doesn't have the power to reduce the rent? So unfortunately, obviously, it's on the, on the front of the rent, it's kind of a two-sided agreement. Uh, the university obviously has to make us an offer on what rent they want for that certain premises on campus. And in return, we obviously have the freedom of choosing if we want to want to pay that rent amount or not. But our limitation of choice is entirely in whether we take up that offer or don't take up that offer. And then in turn, 
end up ceasing to trade essentially. So we get a choice of one or the other, but obviously because it's the university's, you know, location and the actual venue is owned by the university, we don't necessarily have a standing or a say in the rent amount itself. It also states uh, underneath that the email is factually incorrect. Um, so why was this put there? What does that mean? What is What part of the email is that referring to? So essentially in the email from, from Andrew Burgess, it outlines how initially uh, the, the open letter had gone to the vice chancellor and with the trustee board in line with that, of course. But in response to that, following you know the previous conversations that I mentioned with staff, which our interim CEO and you know, financial controller had had with the university, Andrew Burgess came back in that email basically responding to specifically the president of the Students Union and the two other members of staff that also act as directors, along with myself as well, of, of the Lusu services companies, which includes obviously Central. Uh, but the way the delegation of authority works in the Students Union uh, regardless of you know whoever is director of those sub companies essentially the decisions on all those ma- major kind of issues such as you know continuing to trade or you know taking up a new rental agreement or you know what the amount of rent is still lies with the trustee board whereas you know Andrew Burgess in that email basically left that decision and directed that decision and conversation up to the two members of staff and the president of the SU and that was basically what the clarification was in terms of the factual stuff and the email being wrong. Have you had any student response to this closure? Obviously a lot of students aren't on campus at the moment so have you had any sort of thoughts about what students think about this and if so what have they been? Yeah uh, definitely I think I think going into the decision at trustee board, I think, speaking for all the trustees to a certain extent, I don't think it was an easy decision to take to shut shut for that time period, purely because, yes, the, like you've mentioned, the vast majority of students are probably not on campus at the moment. Uh, but there are still, you know, a few national students that could never go home because of, you know, the implications of lockdown in various countries and things like that. There's also a large number of postgrad students in grad college still on campus as well because you know some degrees run over over the summer vacation period in postgrad so obviously there are a fair amount of students going into it we knew that there would be if anyone was going to be the worst affected it would be those groups who are still on campus and while we haven't I don't think we've had you know individuals approach us but I think we made sure that the comms you know near central and postgrad we reached out to them to make sure that they knew that this was happening you know, the worst thing that could have happened is they were completely out of the loop. And on the 1st of September, they turn up to Central to do their, you know, bi-weekly or weekly shop and it's completely shut. So that's why we kind of had at least a week where we could get that information out and, and make sure everyone knew. And in line with that as well, actually on the Monday, the 31st of August, the day before we shut, um, I personally went on campus as well just to, you know, check out how how everything had been going up to that point. But, you know, since release of that information of us shutting, and also the day just before we did shut for two weeks. And I have to say the central staff have done an excellent job of not only kind of helping students, you know, catch up with the stuff that they need to buy, but also on the 1st of September, after we shut on the 31st, at the end of the 31st, if any students were to, you know, need more supplies, any of the perishable items in central that weren't managed to get sold, basically, by the time we shut, was then given away for free to students as well so that anyone on campus still could just go and pick it up as well which I thought was quite helpful for anyone that's still on there. Do you think there's a risk this closure may last longer or even become permanent and if this were to happen how would the students union go about preventing this or would they cease trading? 
obviously given the current circumstances, you know, you know, before this closure period and before we can, you know, look into making any changes, obviously the massive fear and the entire reason behind obviously us approaching the university for that rent reduction was the fact that because of COVID and the fewer students and, you know, the reduced activity, we are making a loss on Central practically every day. And while the trustee board absolutely has no intention of shutting permanently, which is why we opted for, you know, a short term closure to possibly change things around and put us in a better position to continue operating in the long term without this rent reduction. But I don't think this is an issue that we kind of as a students union stop campaigning on right now. I think to put central, even in terms of, you know, the, the pricing of goods in that in that shop, to make that more affordable for students, we need to look at places where we can cut the costs. And, you know, the, the rent is a significant amount of that. I don't think, at least in, in the current officer terms, we're going to stop kind of continuing to push on that issue. We've started talking to the university about it. And I think especially if like the university suggested we do move to a you know, more formal contract or, or agreement on the lease, um, I think it's definitely a, a conversation that the students union is going to continue to have to look at what we can do on, on the front of the rent. If it were to close permanently, what do you think would be the effect of this on students living on campus and off campus who go to the university? I think... Your fingers crossed it never gets to that point but I can I can imagine it being massively massively negative because obviously we had the consideration of you know how this will negatively affect students that are still on campus but a yeah, silver lining of sorts was the fact that there is you know significantly reduced numbers on campus of, of students and in the long term if central were to shut permanently without central on campus when you know campus is at 100% capacity and all students are there it is going to put an interesting proposition for students because a spa on campus then has a monopoly on on the front of convenience stores and then you know pricing could potentially go out of hand i think that's another reason you know the competition aspect is why central needs to stay open because in a lot of places central being a convenience store isn't the cheapest and i will agree to that as well but it can be competitively priced in a lot of areas compared to spa and without that competition from Central, it could potentially not only lead to you know limited opportunities, we obviously lose the student staff that work there, that opportunity for employment. And then there's also the potential for SPA to price things higher, which all in all, without Central, I don't think is a good deal for students at all. Finally, going back to the email from the head of estates, there was something mentioned about there being recent interest from retailers in gaining an on-campus presence. So if Central were to close for good, would this be such a bad thing if another retailer can take its place so easily? Off the back of that email, I definitely think on the students union front, we were surprised to say the least. While obviously we have no information on, on the university's end, you know, any discussions with potential retailers from the university are completely confidential and they're obviously going to keep that with themselves, which is totally understandable. But since the start of the, the pandemic, there have been multiple outlets on, on campus that have now been vacated. Um, you know, the last time I visited campus, uh, the the Santander Bank has now shut on campus and is now only available in a town. The Wallings Ice Cream Shop has shut on campus. The charity shop in Edward Roberts Court has shut as well. So there's there's quite a few opportunities on campus where already retailers or you know people that provided the service have moved out because a the business isn't good enough and in turn they can't afford to continue paying the rent. And in line with that, given the fact that, from my knowledge, all the senior seniors on those retail outlets and premises haven't been filled in, 
we were a bit skeptical of of the interest from retailers like like the university mentioned in their email and in fact funnily enough since then um we've had a couple of other other you know offerings on campus including uh one of the beauty salons on campus actually reach out with us and ask us if we've made any progress on the rent front because other businesses on campus have been forced to continue paying rent since the start of the pandemic despite not being able to open depending on their service you know shops such as central and spa are right because they were allowed to open right at the start but a lot of the other other offerings on campus have had to continue paying rent while not even being able to open so i think the demand from retailers to want to move on to campus is definitely one that we viewed skeptically when the university came back to us on that front. Okay, well thank you so much for talking to us today. No worries, that was great, thank you. If you would like to find out more, there is a link to the article posted on the Student Union's website about Central's temporary closure in the description below. We contacted the university and they gave us this response. The university is very pleased to announce a new and improved spa, in the same location as the old one. The spa will be open week commencing 21st September when students start arriving. 